Welcome to this week's podcast from Capital Church's Young Adult Service. We hope this message encourages you, and thank you for joining us. I was, I was asking um, Pastor Garrison, um, how come we don't say, like, good night when it's nighttime? Like, but you can say good night, right? Why not? You don't say good morning, or like, good, like, you don't say, like, good eye-opening, I don't know. I, if I should like, good morning. I don't know. It's just a thought. I don't know. I had too much coffee. Well, hey, good evening. How you guys doing? Doing all right? Doing good? I'm a, I'm a youth pastor, so just, uh, just hold tight. It's going to be a good night. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Um, Lala, I love you. She, she kind of just um, jumped the gun. I was going to honor my wife because she's amazing and she's super, super anointed. Yeah, you do a great job at everything you do. It's pretty cool. And uh, Pastor Garrison and Pastor Tracy, we were hanging out this past week, and it was just so much fun. And they're also so gifted and anointed. And it's cool because we both got, we both got saved in this, in this church and uh, gave our lives to Jesus in this church and were steadfast and planted, rooted, and here we are, man, pastors. I remember like, like, like two months ago, we were walking like down the hall. We were like, bro, who would have thought in this intern room, like, we would have been like, it's honestly, God's so good. God's so funny. He's so gracious. Um, but I'm going to speak on tonight on a topic that, don't worry, sorry, don't worry. I'm going to preface this. I feel like every time I preach to CYA, it's like a hardcore, like, you sin, get, like, relax. We all sin. We all fall short. Don't worry. God still loves you. His grace is sufficient, Right? Um, But I'm going to be preaching on um, this idea of consistency, of uh, endurance, and waiting for his promise. All right? Is this good to you guys? Obtaining his promise. Um, And I have some Bible verses to go through. And I feel like, here's the thing. Mary, great message on the podcast. It was so cool. I like see your face in the podcast. I didn't see you, but I hear your voice. It's like your emotions and like, your, you know, how you, how, you, how you speak, you know? Um, but I loved her word on this, all about like getting close to God's word. Like it's all about letting the word speak life over you and moving you. And for being honest, sometimes the hardest thing to do is the most important thing. And that's read the word. So we're going to read like 10 verses tonight. And I feel like the words is going to just speak life over us and through us. And man, we're going to leave this, this room changed. Amen. All right, let's pray first. Man, mighty God. God, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for, uh, man, just your word. Just the Bible, that it reads us when we read it. God, so I pray that tonight it could be all about you. Um, More of you, less of us, Jesus. Allow this this time, Holy Spirit, to, to one, just soften our hearts, correct us, uh, move us closer to you so that we can become um, what you've called us to be. And that's just set apart. God, so we love you, we love you, we honor you, and in your son's mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay, so if you have your Bibles, um, you can turn to Hebrews 6, Hebrews chapter 6, uh, verses 10 through 20. Okay? Hebrews chapter 6, 10 through 20. Sound good to you guys? Cool. So I'll read it hopefully slowly enough so you can understand it. Um, And it says this, God is not unjust. Wow, that's a big verse. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. 13. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, say waiting, Wait. patiently, Wait. Um, Abraham received what was promised. People swear by someone greater than than themselves, and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument. 
Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. There's this beautiful quote by Eugene Peterson um, when he's quoting a different theologian or different philosopher. And it's the idea of a long obedience in the same direction. Christianity, in its essence, is long obedience in the same direction. And I know, like, in this world, there's something that's really hard for us to do, and it's a single word, and it's the word consistent. Christian consistency can be a challenge. Am I right? Christian consistency, or just in general, consistency, Christian or not, can be difficult. To constantly do... Think about and believe in the truth of who God is and who we are within that context is the battle of all Christians. Let's say that again. To do, think about, believe in the truth of who God is and who we are in that context is the battle of all Christians. And I think that's a foundational level. That's the human struggle. That's the human struggle. I mean, I can even look back at the very beginning in Genesis of Adam and Eve. And, and, and Adam, everyone gets mad at Eve. Poor Eve. Everyone just like, like gives her so much grief. Adam was first. And Adam had a job to work in guard, the garden and all things that were within it, including his wife, his woman. Whoa, man, right? He had, he had that job. And for one second, there was a lack of consistency. In one second, the devil, right, slithers in because Adam wasn't doing his job and Eve wasn't in constant um, relationship with Adam for that one moment, right, which reminds me of like all of our sin. We have one second of lack of judgment. We have one second of letting our guard down. We have one moment, and for some reason, the devil's so good at putting it over your head and putting it as your new crown. Oh, you are the sin issue. Oh, you are the sin pattern. Oh, you are that mistake from last night. Oh, you are your mental health issue. You are X, Y, and Z. Just because for one second of lack of judgment, you make a mistake. And so we can know that it's all about the battle of consistency. That's Christianity. And so always speaking about endurance and obtaining the promise. But I want to battle this lie. Because in the garden, right, where there was inconsistency, there was the, the serpent, right, and there was a lie. And so you have to know as a Christian or as a new believer or whatever you call yourself today, there's truths and there's lies. There's truths and there's lies. And one of the biggest lies of the enemy, one of the biggest lies of the enemy is found in the very beginning of chapter, of chapter 6 of Hebrew in verse 10. And it says this, God is not unjust. But the lie is that God is unjust. See, the lie the enemy tells us is that God is just so wicked. He's so unjust. See, the enemy knows that if he can make you believe that God is unjust, you will discontinue the walk and work of faith. If the enemy can make you believe can make you believe for one second that God is unjust. He knows that he can discontinue the walk and work of your faith. See, I know for my life, it's, it's easy to start off strong. Has anybody ever done like a, a diet? <laughs> Keto, right? 
Just add some butter in that thing, right? <laughs> Check your heart, fool. <laughs> like, it's so easy to start off strong. Like, all my staff members know, like, I'm on, like, this weird diet fad. Before I got married, I was, like, eating, like, peanut butter and uh, rice cakes. And you can tell I was on a diet because it was all over my shirt. I had rice cakes everywhere, all over the floor. It was a huge mess. It was everywhere. And peanut butter, I still love peanut butter. It's amazing. But it's easy to start off strong. And, like, for some reason in diets, right, the very first, like, two weeks, you drop, like, 10 pounds. And you feel like, oh, yeah, I'm crushing it. Look at my abs, right? Like, you're crushing it. <laughs> shuffle, shuffle, right? Like, you feel so good for yourself. Like, ooh, look at me go in the mirror. Yeah, you know? And then week three, you're like, oh, my gosh. Nothing's happening. There's no more change. I'm not seeing the results because it's easy to start off a walk strong. But we know it takes strength to finish. It's very easy to do this thing called Christianity, called consistency for that first day. It's easy. That first day, for sure, it's easy. You can do it. But we know it takes strength to finish. Now I want to read that, that 10, 11, and 12 again of Hebrews 6. Because God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end. To the very end. So that you hope, so what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Um, I'm not much of a cardio guy. I'll admit that. I can come to you humbly and say I hate the treadmill. Um, My wife is an active person. Um, I'm married to a family that likes to go on walks after Thanksgiving, um, which I don't understand. They go down this little uh, peninsula. What do you call it, babe? Uh, It's a canal. (laughs) It's the River Nile. (laughs) And we follow this thing, full belly and full heart. I'm like, man, as if, if, if it had water in it, I will just jump in it because, man, I am so tired. And so I just can't do cardio. I can, I, I can admit that, right? But I know for myself, we often give up. We give up way too soon. Like the first time I went with them for Thanksgiving, one, they had way too much cheese. She's Swiss. I'm black. Cheese does not get down with the stomach of a black person. The Lord blessed with good looks and athletic ability, but for some reason, cheese does not agree with our stomach. Key, right? Back me up, bro. You know, it's like, yeah, it's true. <laughs> so she's Swiss. I'm black. They love cardio. I don't like cardio. It's a conflict. It's a conflict. The real conflict is their whole family knows all this information. I can't quit. I can't just be like, all right, guys, you keep going. I'm going to turn around. Like, I see the river. It's way down there. I'm not going that way. It ain't going to happen. My shoes ain't made for this. They're Timberlands. They can't do that, right? No way. And so I remember we, we did this walk, right, babe? And I did it. I felt super good. I sit on the couch, watch the Cowboys lose. It was a good day. But I know this to be true that so often we give up halfway. And I can just like only imagine like the view at the top. And so I'm referencing this entire thing on on Genesis 22, the story of Abraham and Isaac. Okay, and and you can just picture with me this, this, this huge mountain, right? And that's life. Life for the most part is an uphill battle, Right? For the most part, it's an it's a uphill battle. There's, there's some moments of rest. There's some, there's some moments of, of ease. But for the most part, if you're growing, it's a climb. I can almost, okay, stop. You know, see, you're going to do me wrong. See, I, 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 I can't pay attention to y'all. He's trying to play me. But too often, we stop halfway. And we don't um, get to see the blessings of making it to the top. Like, I remember um, going up to um, Tamarack, 
right? You do the first lift and it's cool. And you can't see anything. It's just clouds. And then you go up a second lift and you, you get up there and there's still clouds. And then suddenly the clouds break. And it's the most beautiful view in the world. Like it just takes your breath away. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy I went up all the way, except for you realize you don't have snowboarding skills and you're gonna be on your butt the entire time and by yourself. Anyways, Bridget, I forgive you. (laughs) But the point is this, right? We can't be lazy in belief, but have faith and endurance so that we can inherit what has been promised to us. Like, I'm gonna start over again. This entire thing is a battle of consistency. See, it says this in Genesis 22, verse 17. And this is an angel saying to Abraham after he was consistent. He said this as a promise. I surely will bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. And I was reading this verse, man, I feel like as Christians, or just as people in general, we struggle with enduring. Like, we struggle with, like, timing of things. Like, Ivan gave me this, this really cool little, little picture, and it blessed me. It says this, Joseph waited 13 years. Abraham waited 25 years. Moses waited 40 years. And Jesus waited 30 years. If God is making you wait, you're in good company. And it's no coincidence that Lala was talking about just how I was saved in this this church and raised in this church. Um, And I had really great parents, and they're they're both believers. Um, But I I never was really like a church kid, honestly. I really wasn't. Um, And this was the only church I've really ever been to and got saved in J-City downtown. And... My testimony is, is mine and, and, it's, and it's personal to me and it's, and it's beautiful because it's a story of this enduring. Like from coming to Boise State, playing football, to getting hurt, to like living a reckless life, to finding Jesus in this really cool church building, to getting free food, to staying super consistent, to surrounding myself by amazing people. Like I surround myself by the coolest people in the entire world. Every single day. Like my first day, like me and Ashley Hackler, our first day was the same first day. We went over to uh, Abel's house uh, for a bonfire. Mind that I'm a football player. Hanging out with like some homeschool kids. <clears throat> like in the, in, the, in, the, in the world, that makes no sense. It makes no sense. Right? I, I finished my education at Boise State and I do interns. I hated my first half of my internship. I had a heart check. Had a heart check. God rocked me, got a hold of me again, shook me up, stirred me up, planted me again. And now I'm a stinking youth pastor. Like, I met my wife between my first and second year, waited three and a half years to the marrier, waited, waited. Like, waited to get a house, waited to get a blessing of a, like, there's so much waiting in my life that I feel like if we were just to catch the idea of waiting, like if we were just to catch the idea of waiting for the promises, because I feel like sometimes in our life, we want to wait for a second and then it doesn't happen in our own time and we just walk away. Like read the beginning of Hebrews 6, it's going to, it's going to wreck you. It's going to wreck you. We can't have shallow faith or a shallow understanding of how good God truly is. Because when storms come, what happens? You get washed away. Like, oh, God can't be good enough. This situation happened. And I'm not saying I never had trials and tribulations. I certainly did. Certainly did. Life was never always super, super easy. Even as Christians, we're not promised an easy life we promised a good one because our God is so good. So I want to teach you guys how to endure. Okay? I want to teach you guys how to endure. 
and you can and you can apply this to your jobs, to your to your I don't know, to your diets, but more importantly, you can apply it to your personal Christian life, to your journey. Because I believe this wholeheartedly, if you can endure, you can fulfill like you can receive the promises of God. It's biblical. You wait and then you receive. You wait and then you receive. You plant a seed and then you get the harvest. You plant the seed, then you get the harvest. You invest, right, in the world. You invest and then you take out in the future. So how to endure. I have four points for easy, um, applicable things to do to help you endure this thing called life, called the Christian walk, um, Christian consistency, okay? The first one is this. Look up. Look up. Okay, I'm not a track guy, as you can tell. Um, I'm not a cross-country runner, um, but I know this to be true. If you keep on looking down at where you're at, you will get lost. Like, you cannot look down and think that you're going to figure out where you're supposed to be going. Don't believe me. Here's this. Colossians 3, verse 2, says this. So, if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, I love this. Act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Pursue the things. We're talking about the Christian race, right? Like, like enduring, running the race of faith, right? Pursue not the world, but the things that God, that Jesus Christ is over. Run after those things. Look, to pursue something, you have to see it. To pursue it, you have to look at it. Look at it. Look up at it and run after it. All things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with things that are right in front of you. But look up and be alert to what is going on around. And I love this. And I love this. It doesn't say yourself. It doesn't say the world. It doesn't say your friends. It says look up and be alert of what's going on around Christ. That's where the action is. That's where the party is. The provision, the blessings, the hope, the joy, the provision, all things you need. The action, what you're looking for, isn't around yourself, isn't around that boy, isn't around that girl, isn't on that app. It's only found in Christ Jesus. So see things from his perspective. See, when you look up, you get Christ's perspective. And then you get to look down. So see things from his perspective. Look up. The second one is this. Don't compare. Don't compare. How to endure? You don't compare. See, I was reading Genesis 22 of Abraham and Isaac. And there's this part in the story, you can read it on your own time, that he tells his, his servants to just stay at the bottom of the mountain. And I go, oh my gosh, Jesus. I, I never recognized that. But I realized that there were no servants, no one else. And I feel like our first reaction, when God puts us in a, in a testing season, right? Or a season of having to endure. The first thing that we do is look around and say, okay, who's doing this with me? Or who else is going through a tough season? Like who else is struggling? Who else is hurting? Or, or, or how come this person is thriving in this season and I'm not? How come this person's my age and they have four kids, a mansion, and two horses? I don't know. She's from Filer, guys. She wants horses, so I don't know, right? So like we compare so much on our mountain. And have you ever like, this is so funny. Have you ever been to the gym and you're working out and there's that one guy? <laughs> if that's you, bro, I love you to death. I cannot compare to you because I don't know what you are doing. <laughs> you're not even lifting. You're like crossfitting, like running an ultra marathon. You're sweating in a sweat bag. Like, like Sal, you're one of those guys, dude. Like, like Sal is that guy. 
and you know it's coming, Sal. But it's impressive. I can't do what Sal does. I can't do what Sal does. Sal and I are built different. Oh, hear me out. Sal, every day, me and you and Jay, right? 7 a.m. at the gym, Squattober. Right? You add, you, add some, you add some cardio in there. You add some jump rope. You add some abs. I'm like, dude, Sal, do you, bro. I can't do that. I'm going to pass out. But Sal can't do my, my weight. It'll break his legs. Be humble, Sally. Be humble, Sally. <laughs> right? I love Sal. My boy. My boy. But the point is this, right? Like, if we... If we are running this race and we're comparing what's left and right, we're going to hurt ourselves. No one do we hurt ourselves, but then we hurt other people as well. Like if we're so much, like if we're looking the wrong way, like if you're in a horse race and you're the jockey, you're looking over the wrong way, your horse will pull it into the other horse. So don't compare. And I love this. In the NRSV version, um, verse 15 of Hebrews 6 says, And thus Abraham, having patiently endured, obtained the promise. It didn't say Abraham and Isaac. It didn't say Abraham and the servants and the donkey and his wife. It said, and Abraham, by himself. He endured. He patiently endured and obtained the promise. I wrote this down. We can't compare the 25 years to the 2.5 seconds. Meaning this, he waited 25 years for this promise of a son, takes the promise, his son, up this mountain to sacrifice him. And in less than 0.25 seconds, the angel stops him and gives him another promise. And we compare like the, the time of like blessings to blessings. Like, okay, like my blessing, the first blessing was 25 seconds, but this one's taking 25 years. Or this one took Garrison 10 years, this one's taking me 15. Like, we have to stop comparing the time frame of of how God is going to move in your life. Because if you don't, you will get fatigued. So, look up, don't compare. The third one is this keep going. I love this word. Keep going. How to endure? You keep going. Romans 5, 3 through 4. Not only so, but we also glory in our own suffering. Because we know that suffering produces, hear me out, suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. But for some reason in our Christian minds, it's the opposite. Now, to endure, you don't just hope first. And then hope you get the character. And then hope you get the perseverance. No, no, it's the opposite way around. If you're in a suffering season, if you're in a trial season, if you're in a waiting season, and you need hope, you don't try hoping first. You just keep going first. Like, can I tell you why my Christian walk was so simple for me, why I was able to endure so much? Because I didn't know what hope was. <laughs> I just kept on going. I didn't know what I was doing. I just kept doing it. I didn't know what I was serving. I just kept doing it. I didn't know what I was worshiping. I just kept doing it. Like, sometimes you overcomplicate the simple gospel. Like, yes, hope is great and hope is necessary. Don't get me wrong. Hope is a vital part of our belief of how we walk and talk. But also, it's persevering. Also is the idea of just keeping on. Keeping on, keeping on. See, wouldn't it be weird if you walked into the valley of the shadow of death and you just hoped to get out? <laughs> you laugh. It's funny, but it's true. How do you get out? You keep on going. When you keep on going, 
You get some perseverance, you get some character, and then you get some hope. But you have to be moving. You have to be doing. You have to be working. You have to be seeking and pursuing after God. So keep going. Because the enemy will attempt to get you to stop believing. He'll attempt so hard in those moments to just plant you right there. Plant you in that sorrow. Plant you in that doubt. Plant you in those circumstances. Plant you in the shadow of the valley of death. And God is simply asking you to pursue him. To persevere. To build up your character. To keep on going. To keep on going. And the fourth part is this. On how to endure. As the, as the band comes up. And I want to really hit on this for a while here. It's the idea of being anchored. So the fourth part is this, be anchored. Look up, don't compare, keep going, and then be anchored. Be anchored. It says this um, in that same verse, I think it was 18 and 19. Um, yeah, yeah, verse 18 of Hebrews chapter six. God did this by two untangible things in which it is impossible for God to lie. We who, have to uh, we, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. What is our hope? It's this fact right here. And I love it. In verse 18. In verse 18, it says this. Oh, I'm just kidding. Go Hebrews 6, 18. Boom. Thank you. God did this so that by two unchangeable things. Like, okay, what is that? It's his nature and his promise. So we're tackling three lies here when it comes to our endurance. The first is that God is unjust. The second and third is that God's nature is bad and he takes away his promises. Three major lies, because God is just. God is always good and his promises are yes and amen. That's fact. So God's nature is this, that he is good. He is the truth. He is the way. He is life and life that is abundant. That is his nature. He's good. So to be able to endure this thing called life, this Christian walk with consistency, you have to understand that God and his nature is good. That even when you can't see his goodness, even when you don't know why you're going through this season of hell and high water, you can endure it. Why? Because you know that he is good and he's faithful. And he knows you by name. He loves you. He sees you. He has never and will never forsake you. So his nature is good. He's a good God. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Isn't that funny? It's a child, old school phrasing. And we forget it. I told my junior hires that like a year ago. They're like, oh my gosh, that's brilliant. I'm like, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you got it, pal. <laughs> but God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. If you're going through a tough season, the truth is, God is good all the time. I'm like, Rob, right now it does not seem like a good time. Okay, but God is good <laughs> all the time. And all the time, God is good. So then what, what, what do I do? You endure. Just keep going. You look up and you stay anchored to the truths. So God's nature is good. The second truth of God, or sorry, the third truth of God, is he's just, he's good, and he always keeps his promises. See, he is the word made flesh. 
and that he is truth. God can't lie and God can't take away anything he says. So when he speaks it over you, what he has written in the Bible, the word, what it says is true. And what it says is true of me is true of you. And if it says it, it's yours. If it's in here, it's a promise. If it's in here, it's a promise. He promises you it. Now I I, I have this written down because I don't want to I don't want to mess this up because our hope should be our hope should be immovable, anchored, not in ourself, not in our past circumstances or current situations. And let me just hit this real fast. Our hope isn't anchored in what today feels like. Your hope, your hope isn't anchored in your feelings because your feelings go up and down like the ocean. Man, and, yet, and we know it. Our consistency isn't a feeling. We don't want to be consistent when we're feeling great, but then when it's hard, we're inconsistent. Our consistency is foundational to who we are as Christians. So our hope is immovable, anchored in God, like a boat anchored to the seabed. Faith is the anchor of my soul. Faith is what keeps me from drifting. Faith is what holds me in storms, but keeps me firm. And I feel this to be true, man, so often in our life, we forget where Jesus is. Can we go back to that verse, T? Is that you back there? You're doing a great job, by the way. I appreciate you, T. In verse 20, uh, 19 through 20. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. So we're our forerunner. Jesus has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever. What does this mean? Jesus is our high priest behind a curtain? See, the truth is that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and for us to be our provider. See, at the right hand of God is, is Jesus. And they're having this dialect, this, this conversation about how much he sees you, how much he loves you, and on your behalf, he's fighting for you. And because Jesus covered us in his blood, God doesn't see our sins or our issues or our thought patterns. He sees his son, Jesus. That's the most precious hope I have. That man, no matter what happens, God sees Jesus. God sees Jesus all over you. His love, his grace, his mercy is written all over you. Even when you're standing still, even when you're going through it, even when you don't know what you're doing and you're just, you're just moving, God sees you and he loves every single second of who you are because he sees his son. And because he sees you, he will not keep you in that valley. He will not keep you in that trial. He will not keep you in that quote-unquote suffering. He wants to move you. He wants to become closer to you. He wants to grow you. See, before the high priest in the Old Testament would just once a year walk into the temple and hopefully be able to see God's presence without dying and atone for the sins of the whole nation. But Jesus on the cross and died for us so that we may have this thing called eternal life, an eternal hope, eternal joy. See, Jesus is in the presence of God all the time, interceding for us. To us, it might feel like 25 years or 2.5 seconds, but Jesus is there right next to us.
wanting to move with you, wanting for you to look up at him, to pursue him, to abide in him, to worship him, to honor him, to keep on going with him, and to be angered to him. And I don't know where you, where you find yourself today when it comes to obtaining the promises of God because man, Abraham lived it out. He was walking up this mountain and just kept on going. It wasn't easy. It wasn't probably the, the desired call or the desired test of his life, but he answered it. He did it. And when he gets up there, it's his son Isaac. And it's, oh, it's so crazy. It's so beautiful. On a mountain, I mean, just hear me out. I feel the Holy Spirit in this room. I want you to just, um, just see the parallels here, okay? See the parallels here. A good father named Abraham and a good God have the best thing to them, the promise of a son, Jesus and Isaac. And on top of a mountain, they have to sacrifice. The one thing that matters the most to all of them. But the coolest part about Jesus' story is that all this was for one promise, for that all of us can have a relationship with God. Abraham's was that all, the, all of us will be blessed. Jesus died so that we can all be blessed. Abraham was given a goat instead of having to sacrifice his son. And instead of us, it was Jesus. And you can hold on to the promise that God is for you now. You can see that parallel. That God is for you. That he's been orchestrating this entire roller coaster of a life to bring you here in this moment. And I know if you can just, actually, yeah, go ahead and just stand up real fast. You can just stand up. And I, I just want you guys to just be honest with, with yourself and with the Holy Spirit. I know there's, there's people in this room who feel like they're just in this valley. Now it says it's the valley of the shadow of death. It's not death, just so you know. It's not death. It's a shadow of it. It's a shadow of it. But you find yourself just stuck in this shadow, in this valley, and you don't know how to get out. Maybe you've even just given up on the promises of God over your life, over your family, over your friends, over your loved ones. Maybe that's who it is. Maybe you had a promise that you felt like God has given you for your brother or sister, for, for their addiction, for their hopelessness. And you're like, God, when are you gonna fulfill your promise? I'm just gonna pray for you because he wants you to do this, not forget not forget the help that you've given the people and you'll continue to give them. But to not forget that he's also fighting for you on your behalf. That not only is it something that, that you desire, but it's also something that God desires. And if he's promised you, he's faithful to complete it. With all eyes closed and yeah, I feel like that's, maybe that's, just, I feel like the Holy Spirit's in this room right now. And I feel like there's, there's just people in this room who, who have siblings, um, brothers and sisters, who are going through the hardest time of their entire life. Now, it, it isn't just like a, a one-day trial, but maybe they're going through um, health crisis. They have cancer. Maybe your parents, um, yeah, maybe your mom has like a, a severe health issue and you feel like God's promised you um, provision for your family. Um, you have best friends who were even saved, right? Who came to church, raised their hand and have this now forgotten the grace of God. 
If that's you in this room, can you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, in all of us with our hands raised right now, Jesus, I thank you for your promises, our yes and amen. God, but I just pray for a strength, a strength to endure this trial. It isn't even necessarily ours, God, but it's heavy on our hearts. And I hear you just telling, to, telling us to intercede, meaning we stand in the gap like you did on the cross for us, to be able to pray heaven down to earth. And God, but I thank you that your promises are yes and amen. And that, God, we don't have to carry the weight, God, of, of this trial. God, there's people in this room who have been, been uh, weighed down by hurt, weighed down by bad decisions, weighed down by family members' bad decisions, God. But we just pray right now that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. God, so we choose to be able to wait. Wait for your provision and wait for your promise. But in the waiting, God, can we do it every single day? Can we be consistent in the waiting by pursuing you, by looking up at you, by being anchored to you, Jesus? God, speak life over them, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, there's people in this room um, Yeah, um, yeah. Um, the idea of tithing and offering, like giving your offering to Jesus is the hardest thing because in the past you've given so much and have nothing back in return. I don't know who you are, um, so just all eyes closed for privacy's sake. Um, if that's you and right now you're like, oh, I don't wanna raise my hand. Let me just tell you this right here. God is so faithful and when your heart was hardened, I'm just gonna pray that it's softened again. And in that softening, there's a blessing. If that's you in this room and giving to church, church specifically has been hard. And you just hold your money so, so tight. Can you just raise your hand? There's no judgment here. If that's you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Put your hand down, bro. Thank you so much. I'm just going to pray a, a blessing over you because where your heart is, where your heart is, man, I feel this. Where your heart is, treasure will be also, right? So where you put your money, where you put your time, where you put your energy, God's going to bless that. But where, what is the best place to invest? It's in the kingdom. So Jesus, right now, I just pray for a softening of heart. God, I just even pray for a radical generosity when it comes to these people. God, they can, they can test your word and see it to be true. That when they give to you, God, when they give to your kingdom, God, they're blessed. God, I even just pray right now that there's even just a, um, an instant blessing over their, over their, their life. That the, 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 the heart change, God, is immediate. There's more trust where there was uh, abuse, God, there's, there's, there's trust. And God, bless God, whatever they put their hands to. Use it, multiply it, God, and encourage, God, the hardest of hearts. Thank you, Jesus. And the last group here, honestly, it's my favorite group, and I'm just gonna get after it because, man, I feel the Holy Spirit in this room. Um, he sees you. And he loves you. God is good all the time. And I'm just gonna pray over you because I feel like there's people in this room who have had it rough. Um, for your own personal self. The first group was praying for other people's promises and uh, people in your life. This is for you. And you feel like God's just like overlooked you. He, he, he might have seen you for a second. He might have healed you in that one moment. But you feel like there's been a, a cloud of not being able to be seen by God. With all eyes closed, just for privacy. If that's you, can you just raise your hand? Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Man, he loves you so much. My heart breaks for you because I I thought the enemy has been just plaguing your mind daily. Mocking you daily. But I know right now, the Holy Spirit is going to speak so much life over you. And I love this. Our Abba Father, our good God, is right next to you. He's never left you. He's never forsaken you. He's brought you to this time and place right here, this moment, this opportunity to patiently be in his presence, to look up at him and see his goodness, to get a new perspective, to get a new hope. So God, where there's there's the souls that are tired, the souls that are hurt, the souls that are depressed, the souls that are going through anxiety, God, the souls that are just going through the motions, God, without any feeling, with being numb. Jesus, right now, I just pray a new heart, a heart transplant over them, Jesus. And I just hear you saying over their life to be strong and courageous, to be strong and courageous, that yeah, Moses might have passed away, but now you are called and equipped. That he sees you, he notices you, and he wants every single part of your life. So while you're being strong and courageous, I just see the Lord blessing you, keeping you, and letting his face shine upon you in every single second, every single minute. Thank you for joining us today. To stay connected with our community, you can follow us at Capital Young Adults.